Welcome to today's Lots of Matzah Pizza Podcast. Today we have Garrett Van Bergen from Delano High School. Uh, he is Delano through and through, even though he grew up in Rockford, Minnesota. Uh, he, he played his youth hockey uh, in Delano and played high school hockey at Delano. Subsequently, after college, came back, was an assistant coach at Delano, and is now the head coach for the Tigers. We're going to get to hear a little bit of history of Delano hockey. We're going to learn a lot about Delano players. Um, and and a lot of little things that go in the ins and outs of being the uh, chief uh, hockey coach and chief in the Delano area. Should be a great show. Looking forward to it. Love is a burning thing. And it makes a fiery ring. Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire Well, Garrett, thank you for joining us today on the Lots of Matzo Pizza Podcast. Thanks for having me on today, Tony. Well, this will be a very uh, interesting show uh, for those that don't know much about you. Uh, you're, you're probably most famous for making the all-hockey hair video every time uh, Delano makes the state tournament, but I think there's more to you than your good looks. <laughs> well, uh, I hope so. That's, you know, the hockey hair thing is, is always a funny, uh, a funny tradition, but it's something that has made... Uh, High school hockey in the state tournament, even a little more special, I guess. Do your guys, I'm not quite sure on the Delano, they don't strike me as some of these crazies. Uh, do your guys kind of primp it and take care of it before the, before they get on the ice? I know that Adam Brown had some stripes one year, but uh, is that a big deal or is it just, that's just part of it? No, I, yeah, I think it's been growing. Um, you know, certainly, you know, this year um, our a defenseman Colin Lommel was, was deemed, I think number one, or was in that group. And yep. a year ago, Colin Pettit was as well. I think they called him the Delano Dooley or something like that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, the guys do, you know, they, all of a sudden they show up, uh, whether, you know, some have made the transition for sections and some ha- have made the transition to more focus on their hair for the state tournament. Um, but, uh, like I said, it's it's all part of the fun, and uh, these kids get a chance to to kind of be rock stars and and do those things when they achieve um, and reach that goal. And so, uh, yeah, there, there's a few guys that maybe haven't combed their hair for the last three months that maybe give a little more attention once uh, once the playoffs roll around. Yeah, well, that's a lot of fun. So let's talk about your uh, career as a hockey player, athlete. Uh, you grew up in Rockford, so uh, just give people a little guidelines it's 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 technically a co-op delano rockford and watertown correct well originally was when i played it it was the three towns were combined and and prior to that um delano was on its own and and watertown and rockford were combined for youth hockey and and a junior gold um type of opportunity for high school age players um but now um, it is just delano and rockford that are combined um we we traditionally have had quite a few Rockford kids in youth programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the last couple of years, it's just been a handful of Rockford players in high school. Um, and uh, we're working to continue to grow that. And one thing that happens too, is there have been a handful of players that maybe lived in Rockford and then uh, maybe they lived in, you know, kind of one of the towns or communities in between like a Corcoran or a, yep. a Loretto. And, and they've decided to go to Delano, you know, maybe in middle school to, to change schools 
um, because it's, you know, maybe 10 minutes to either one and their kids get into hockey. And so it's a lot more convenient that way. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're still co-opt and, um, like I said, we've, we've been pretty exclusively Delano kids for the last couple of years. Um, but no doubt if you look back at our history, some of the really key players in our, in our program have been Rockford kids. I think one of the key players in the whole thing and in, in learning your story is your mom, Louise. Let's walk through who she is today and, 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 and her impact on, on Delano hockey, Delano Rockford hockey going way back. Yeah, for sure. My mom is, is definitely a, was a pioneer for, for getting high school hockey for kids from Rockford. And, um, I'm the youngest of five I was kids. Gonna say, this wasn't just for a little baby Garrett. You, you have, uh, <laughs> siblings as well that were playing hockey all the way through. Yeah, absolutely. You know, all five of us played and, uh, for my mom, it was, you know, something where, you know, from a very early age, I guess, as long as I can remember, um, uh, mom was going to a hockey meeting. And so when it was just Rockford hockey, she was a part of that board. Um, she was very integral and, and probably the leader on getting Donald and Rockford combined for high school hockey. Um, in the um, early to mid 90s and then uh, even still to this day she still is the secretary on our arena board for Delano Area Sports Arena no way and I yeah I sit on that board with her as well and um, she, you know, ever she, me, you, she ever embarrass you in the meetings <laughs> I think I embarrass her more than anything <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah no so she's just been super involved and and, and as and we went through you know my older siblings didn't have a chance to play high school hockey they played like I said, like a midget or a junior gold model. And, um, you know, my, my, uh, my sister actually was, was a pioneer in her own way, um, played for the thoroughbreds team out of Buffalo. You know, Buffalo was, was for sure the closest indoor facility at that time, Peterson rink and went on to, even as a Northwestern college student played, uh, for the Gopher women's club team before they had a college hockey team. And right. I remember going to the old Mariucci arena to watch her play and, so the hockey thing was, was really big for, for our family. And, um, you know, you're a hockey ha- family when a, a young woman plays hockey, right? In yeah. your family. That's, that's when it's, you know, it's serious. Like, okay, the, there, this is, this, this family has been infected by the hockey bug. Right. And it's interesting because actually the, the start for us in many ways was um, compared to today where it was way more normal oh, for yeah. young women to play hockey. I'm just saying back then it was not very normal for young women to play hockey. No, there just wasn't, there weren't opportunities for Correct. for the girls to do that. And if they did, they played with the boys. And, you know, I know, you know, if we look back at some old pictures of, of Tiger hockey, we had, you know, uh, Sue Farniak was the goaltender on one yeah. of our first teams. Um, so it's, it was just such a different time in terms of opportunity. And for, I was saying, you know, my sister Christine was actually a speed skater. When my family lived in Crystal before they moved to Rockford and before I was born, they were competitive speed skaters. So they got the skating bug. And once you live in Rockford and you live on a lake, um, you're not going to speed skate anymore because you're too far out. But you know, that's where the, you know, the hockey thing grew and we had some connection to hockey and my family down the line. But, um, you know, those things developed. And then, um, you know, you know, back to my mom's influence, you know, getting that connection, uh, for high school players or for, for Rockford kids to be able to play high school hockey was, was really significant. And she really pushed that, um, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom, um, but it's sort of, sort of a yeah. stay-at-home mom. I mean, that, <laughs> yeah. you know, she wasn't going yeah. to yoga class. Let's put it that way. No, no, she was. You don't, you don't need to, to go to yoga class when you're running a farm and raising, raising five kids. Um, and, and, you know, my, 
is it what kind of describe the farm? The the, the, the chickens, cows, pigs. What are we talking about here as far as animals concerned? Uh, well, certainly goats were the main focus for us. Okay. And we had some sheep and a horse, and we had chickens and whatever. But the goats have always been the focus, and um, she still is around the farm. And you know, it's an exciting time of year for her as as new goats are born, and and she wants to have the grandkids over, which right now is difficult. But um, you know, the, she loves to have the, the grandkids around to um, be a part of all those things. And, and it's right. carried on. My, my sister has, has a farm. My oldest brother, Bill has a farm and they're not farmers, um, by profession, but it's their hobby. It's their passion. And, and, uh, so for, for my mom, you know, that was the big thing was, was the kids. And, and my dad was, a, was very involved, but it, he was running his own business and he was the one paying the bills for, for the rest of us. And so, um, you know, my mom had that opportunity to, to be super involved and, and advocate for us and create, um, in many ways, maybe the connection that we still have today where kids from Rockford play for Delano, I, I think you could attribute a lot of that to my mom's leadership and vision to, to have that for her kids. Now, talk about your career. You had told me before we started the show that you didn't win a lot of games. Uh, Rockford, Delano, it, it didn't come easy at first. No, it didn't. And, you know, growing up, again, we went through the transition of merging you know, and bringing down rock from Watertown together at the youth and high school level all at the same time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've shared with, with my players a number of times that I don't, I, I can't actually remember ever winning a playoff game at any level, um, in any sport. Um, I know for sure in football, we didn't, um, in hockey, I know that we didn't. And, and our, our situation was very different back then, but I share it with them because I want them to really appreciate the successes that we've been able to have um, and more recent memory for Tiger hockey. And, um, you know, that, that's just a huge piece of, of being a part of a tradition is understanding the history and appreciating what has come before you. That's allowed you to be successful. Um, and it's, you know, it's a lot of fun right now. So we'll, we'll get to the fun in a minute here. So growing up, you had, uh, four siblings that all played sports, yourself included. Uh, this wasn't just a hockey house. Like you, you guys played everything. And what was some of the things that your parents kind of instilled in you as, as you were playing sports? Well, it was, it was really a a pretty big emphasis on, on being well-rounded and doing a lot of things. And we were involved you know, with, with the animals, we were involved in 4-H. And um, truthfully, I think, you know, probably my most success was showing goats of all things. And, nice. <laughs> you know, winning, winning a state fair trip, with, you know, with a goat at the Wright County Fair or whatever else. But, um, you know, you know the, the four boys played football. My, my sister was an accomplished cross-country runner, um, baseball, um, track and field. And, and, yeah, that was sort of the expectation is that you were going to play a sport um, that you were going to be in band and choir and that you were maybe in the musical if you're interested in that or the play. And, you know, the, the small town living in, in Rockford just really led to a lot of opportunities and, and a chance to explore things that you don't really know what it's going to lead to later on in life. And um, for our parents, you know, the, the emphasis was always about being a hard worker. And um, there was never a pressure to be the best. Um, there was never the pressure you know, uh, of that, but it, it was, you're going to be the best team man and you're going to be the hardest worker. That's what you stand for. And otherwise, you know, the, the rest will take care of itself. And, um, you know, my brother Jim had a chance to go on and play at Bethel and, and was able to, you know, accomplish some really cool things in college hockey for myself. Um, you know, I was at Bethel and I played for four years, but, 
um, very little playing time and, and very little success, but had the opportunity to play junior varsity at Bethel and be in a leadership role and, and learn from some really amazing guys about the game. Um, but more than anything, uh, continuing to work hard to make sure I reached my potential and um, had a chance to just uh, play with some amazing guys who are still today my, my best friends and, and guys that I'm connected to in my faith. And um, you don't, you don't understand in the moment, you know, I, I, right. I look back and it was, it was tough. You know, you, you set goals for yourself and you don't achieve them um, at the next level. But then you look back and, and you have this sort of clarity, this, this hindsight and the, the reflection that only hindsight can give. And you look at, you know, what a great friend Ricky Sainty is and, yeah, uh, you know, say. who's coaching at Rosemount and, and Chris Carroll, I found out. I was going to say, is Chris Carroll one of your mates too, I would yeah. guess? Yeah. Yeah, we were in the same grade and we found, you know, Chris Carroll and I figured out, we didn't figure it out until like our sophomore banquet that we were actually cousins. <laughs> no way. You know, yeah. I mean, distant, but. Um, you know, guys like Chris Carroll and, and Josh Storm, who's down in Owatonna. And, you know, I, I mentioned that my brother was also at Bethel and Dave Oss, um, yep. who's at Brainerd now. He was, he's a Bethel guy and I played for his dad. And, um, yeah, there's just, there's connections all over the place and you don't realize it in the moment. Um, but it, it was such a, a great time for me to learn about the game, to truly fall in love with the game. Um, and to, but also, um, to really appreciate being a part of a team and appreciate working hard. And even though, like I said, it didn't find much of my own success. Um, there was a lot of humility that was, that was brought with that. Um, sometimes well received, but most of the time not, but right. in, in hindsight, you, you start to realize, um, how great it is to win, how great it is to achieve your goals, um, how great it is to compete, um, and, and how proud you can be of, of being a really, really hardworking, person and whether that's hockey or elsewhere it's just super valuable well we're going to get the hard work is uh i think one of the things that's become synonymous with the delano hockey teams that we've seen over the last 10 15 years is they are a very hard working bunch um let's talk a little bit about your relationship uh after you know you're, you're, you're a high school coach uh and and a guy who was a, a real mentor to you uh and a guy who kind of to be honest with you, he, 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 he's the one who kind of built the foundation for Delano hockey, Steve Brown. Yeah. Steve, uh, was my high school coach. He taught and still does at Delano high school. And, um, he, uh, yeah, he had a vision, you know, he came, when he came here, you know, his first season, they won three games. Um, and, and I kind of, we kind of joke about because the number of teams on that schedule, I think that was 95, 96 was his first year here. Yeah. Um, many of the teams that were on his schedule don't even exist anymore. And, and we still went, you know, three and 20 or whatever it was. And, you know, and I was, a, I think a peewee at the time. And, um, but yeah, Steve was, was no doubt was, was all about compete and all about hard work. And, and he really emphasized that to his players. And that really appealed to me as a player. Um, you know, I just looked up to him so much as a coach when I played and then, um, really became uh, just a super good friend of mine and, and a, like you said, a mentor when I had the chance to come back after college and start working for him. Um, you know, his his commitment to uh, his players and his commitment to uh, to competing and, and getting the most out of his players uh, was really, really significant. And, um, you know, he, you know, when he stepped away, um, I was just so lucky to, 
to have a chance to be a part of a program that was in such a good place. I mean, we were on the, on the verge and he stepped away because, um, you know, his kids were getting to a point where it was going to be really hard to do both. And, um, it was just such a gift to be able to step in and, and, and have a program that was healthy and growing and developing and, and just a really great spot. And I've, I've been super lucky to be along for the ride and, um, but yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, he was, he was so involved in the transition to make um, hockey sort of an afterthought in Delano to bring it to be, you know, sort of our thing, you know, and, and we've had great basketball teams and great football teams. Um, but people, people tell me now that we're a hockey town and I'm not, I'm not sure we're hundred percent there yet, but, you're getting but that there. sounds pretty good to me. You're yeah. getting there. You know, it's interesting what uh, I, I know Brownie on a personal level, and I talked to him about walking away. You know, I had a chance to talk to him about walking away, and he's, you know, the, the thing was, is like, I, I, I wasn't seeing my kids play hockey, you know, and and when that, you know, we, we'll talk about some of the Finlanders and, and their commitment to family later on in the show, but it, there's a big family importance to family, not just with Brownie, but in the, in the entire community. Absolutely. And you, you know, it's been so fun, you know, success and, and winning a section tournaments um, with the last couple of years has, has sort of allowed us to maybe celebrate that a little bit more openly um, because you, you start to see connections, whether it's in the neighborhood um, or the families, you know, you go through the Oja family, the Ilotella family, the three different Hollanden families in town, and the Cruz family, um, the McLean family. I mean, there's just it, it's everywhere, and there's sort of this this cycle of uh, that continues to happen, and um, it's created a, a culture where you really have a lot of people cheering for you and, and a lot of people celebrating for you. I mean, this year I was walking out after our game against Armstrong at St. Louis Park Rec Center. And the last guy in the rink that I saw that wasn't one of us was Justin Oja. And his brother, uh, Trevor, was a junior for us this year and just had a, a phenomenal season. And, um, you know, Justin was a player that played in the Elite League and, and was a, a regular in our lineup as a sophomore all the way through. And, you know, and, and Justin graduated in 2014. Um, and he just said to me, he just kind of, he gave me a smile and, and I have a lot of connections to Justin hockey and elsewhere, but uh, he just kind of smiled, shook his head and he goes, man, I would give anything. I'd give anything to go play in a state tournament. Um, you know, and so a little bit of jealousy of his, of his brother, Trevor and his brother, Ross, who played on our 17 team, a chance to go. And, but at the same time, he just was, I mean, just beaming. He was so excited for us. And um, that's that connection. And I know a lot of towns have that. Um, yeah, but but for us, we we really do value it. Um, I want to talk about the the teams in general, and this is one of my observations of uh, teams that you've led at Delano. They always seem to get better as the season goes on. Um, maybe it's the schedule, maybe it's the, the way you coach. It just seems like come come section playoff times, you always have to be ready for Delano. Uh, they're they're a dangerous team at the end of the year. Speak to that a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, I appreciate you saying that, and obviously, I think that's a goal of every coach is to to be to continue to get better and to play your best at the end of the year. You, you know, you mentioned already that that Dono has uh, maybe the reputation of being a hardworking team, um, and and we hope we're a team that that is someone that you know we hope we're really hard to play against, especially by the end of the year. Um, you know, I, I think what what we've been able to accomplish. Um, has come in many different ways. I don't think any one of our teams 
has had the same identity and trusting that identity development has been something that we've talked about at length um, and really try to, as a coaches, we try to really try to support that from our players is that we're not trying to be Hermantown. Uh, we're not trying to be our 2017 team. We're not trying to be Edina. Uh, we want to be the best version of ourselves. And we think the best way to get there is to be really hardworking. And so we push really hard to be hardworking and practice as coaches, we want to be demanding. We want our player leaders to be really demanding um, of that effort. Um, and I think too, we you know we structure our approach to the season in such a way that we think we're prioritizing the most important things first, and we're learning and getting better at the most important things first. And right. so, what what that leads to is, you know, it, it can be tough to score power play goals early in the year. Um, and it, it maybe our penalty kill doesn't look great the first month or so. And what we're hope what we're hopefully doing is learning those things along the way. But there's there are so many pieces that it takes to to be successful at the end of the season. And um, you want to keep giving your guys new things that fit their identity. And you don't know. I mean, I remember this year a lot of conversations. Guys, we don't know our identity yet. We don't know what it is. And, and if we think we know our identity, we're probably going to fool ourselves and we aren't going to end up being the best version of ourselves. And so for us, like I said, I, I think, you know, I really appreciate you saying that we're known to be hardworking because I think that's number one. I, it just has to be the cornerstone of who you are as a hockey program. You have to be hardworking and you have to have really good habits. And then from there, I feel like you can continue to develop and tweak your game plan. You can tweak your personnel combinations and and slowly that identity comes together and you know we had you know we had some situations where we were really tested i mean southwest christian tied the game against us in the quarterfinals in the third period um yeah you know they tested us and 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 westy did a great job of, of getting his team ready and um to play us and and they did some things that we saw on film that we didn't think were going to work against us and they did and he was they were really ready they played us super tough um, you know, the Brett game was, was pretty much in our favor, but you know, Bo Cornier didn't play for him. Um, he's their right. best player, you know, and you know, they scored a goofy goal that was offsides by about eight feet, but that doesn't matter because <laughs> at the end of the day, there's not review at our section games. And so if it, if it's counted as a goal, it's a goal. And so you have to continue to battle through. And that's where I think, you know, believing in hard work, believing in habits and believing your, in your identity and getting the guys all in on what that means for them. Um, which mostly comes from within your locker room. Um, yeah, it does. It is super important. And, and to your point, I think it allows you to keep getting better. If you feel like you've already arrived or you think you already know exactly what this team is going to look like at the end of the year, um, it, it's not a growth mindset and, and, and you don't have as much opportunity to keep getting better. And, you know, truthfully, <laughs> you know, you look at our last two seasons, um, losing early, is is terrible i no one likes to lose it's the worst thing ever but um losing keeps you humble and losing creates such a burn and a desire at practice to get better Makes, and, and they listen a lot better don't they yeah well i think so <laughs> i know i know how badly they want to win and so you don't even have to it, it doesn't even matter right as long as you keep you know we feel like as long as we keep pressing those guys win or lose um, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, our schedule, we play some tough teams and you know, we open with, with East grand, um, who I fully expected to be at the state tournament this year. 
and, and we played Alexandria, who I think, um, you know, you know, is a team that's just really on the surge right now. And they've been there, but I think they're surging back. And, you know, you open with those guys, you open with Buffalo, you, you know, pretty early with Holy Family, pretty early with Orno. Um, you know, our guys were, we had to grow up fast. And, um, you know, this year we had a number of guys come directly from our really successful Bantam teams the year before. Yes. Um, and they were huge contributors and they were great guys in the locker room and great guys on the ice and super eager to learn and develop. Um, but it, it takes some time. And, and, and it's not easy to make that jump from, from Bantam hockey to, to varsity hockey. And, um, in the end, they just did a wonderful job of it. And, um, you know, it was, was really exciting to see him just continue to grow all the way through. So I, I, it's safe to say, I was going to ask you how the, how a team looks, you know, is like most likely, most like you and most not like you. So I'm guessing your answer for uh, how, how this team is most like you is their hard work, the work ethic of these teams. Is that true? Or is there, is there something more to it that's, that's, that represents who you are? Well, I hope so. I really hope so. Because uh, as I mentioned, um, you know, that was, that was what was emphasized to me as a kid. And, and sometimes it was said, and sometimes it wasn't as far as what, what's expected of you, as far as how hard you work and what you commit to, um, you know, those things were there. And, and I remember too, um, and I think this is pretty common, but it, it still sticks out in my head. I remember, I think it was baseball or something. And I didn't have a hit in like six games. And I told my parents I wanted to quit, you know, and they're like, no, you signed up, you're playing the rest of the season and, and you might go the whole season without a hit but you're going to go out there and you're going to play every game and you're going to do your best. And, um, you know, those little conversations you don't know are, are significant probably at the time. Yeah. Um, but, but those things are pretty, are pretty transformative, um, for a kid. And so I, I think that's a big part. You know, one thing too, that I hope our program represents is that, um, you know, our guys are treated, uh, really, really well. And what I mean by that is that, the emphasis isn't just on the varsity guys or just on our six or seven best players, but that our entire program is there. And, and whether that's, you know, creating an opportunity to have an alumni a alumni coach that's working with our PWC team or, um, you know, our guys, you know, having, you know, matching uniforms, you know, everybody's got the same uniform is in the same locker locker right. room. And a lot of, a lot of our guys, um, you know, practice both practices with us and we do a number of practices combined and, you know, the mantra a little, it, it is, you know, that we're, we're one team with two different game times. And, um, like I said, I, I didn't have a chance to achieve a ton in my own hockey career. And so I really know what it's like to be the guy that isn't dressing. Um, I know what it's like to be the guy who doesn't get his name called, um, to go on the ice, even if I am dressed. And, and so I, I really hope that that brings about a team first humility. Um, it's and pretty I, good. I hope that it's- comes it's pretty uh, adept for you to understand that that's an important part of growing your own teams. It's just your own personal experience. Yeah, I, I think so because it's your own experiences are always going to resonate with you the strongest. Um, people can tell you things a lot of times, but until you feel it and live it yourself, um, it just doesn't have the same reality. And, and so, uh, yeah, I think that that's true. And, um, you know, I, I would say being the youngest of five kids um, and, and a family that, that prioritize the things that we prioritize that we already talked about it. Certainly the competitiveness is there and that desire to win and compete and, um, and the, the thrill of being in those big moments. Um, and, and, you know, maybe it's something like overcoming a, a longtime rival in a, in a big conference game on a Friday night or, 
right. um, a section opponent or whatever it might be. It's it, those things are really, um, they, they drive you and, and you hope that that goes on to your guys because, um, there's nothing like it, right. There's nothing like, uh, winning some of those significant games and, 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 and even times we come up a little bit short, just being so proud of how hard we worked and, and how close we were and, and the things that we did well and, and knowing that there are things we want to do better in the future. But, but really knowing that, you know what, guys, we did it right. We played hard for each other. We competed, we were prepared. It just, you know, they made a few more plays than we did. And, and that's how the game goes. So how aren't the teams like you? Well, they get to win more. <laughs> um, that was what know, I was thinking to, you would say. <laughs> they've been able to, to do those things and, you know, have a chance to, to move through and, and the experience of the section playoff is, it is just such a whirlwind of emotions. And then if you do win that tournament, um, you know, the whirlwind of, of emotions and busyness that the state tournament is, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm just so proud of the guys that are, that are here and the guys who have come before, because I, as someone who's been a part of this program my entire life and really for, for most of the extent of this program being in existence, as we now know it, uh, I know what the other side looks like. And, um, so often I, you know, I, a story like I just shared about Justin Oja or, or another alumni, even guys who are older than me. And they just said, man, I just can't believe it. You guys, you know, I was at your game, you know, maybe like a, you know, section final against a Breck or a, a section final against Orno last year, or a section final against Armstrong this year. And just the atmosphere the people, the student section, the fans, um, you know, those kinds of things, um, you know, our, our guys have had a chance to be in some pretty cool spotlight spots. And that's, those things are really, really fun. And, at the end of the day, you know, this, this whole high school hockey thing, it really is about having fun and, and becoming a good teammate and, and competing and, and having a chance to be successful and represent your community. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that's one thing that hasn't been there. It's been really fun to be along for the ride uh, because, like I said, my, my playing career was, was, I guess, the other side of the coin yeah. um, in, in, in retrospect now. And, um, you know, I just, I appreciate the heck out of our guys and, and the people who have helped give me opportunities. And you know, that goes back to Steve Brown. Um, you know, he took a, he took a chance on bringing me into coach. Um, he was pretty patient with me cause I was kind of all over the map at the start and still had more of a player mentality Yeah. and, 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 and needed some refinement. And heck, I was, I was just sharing a story recently with, with someone else I was talking to on a similar topic. And I said, you know, my first weekend, we had we were hosting a scrimmage at Delano, and I oversleep. This is your, living, you're the head coach or, or assistant? No, no, I was I was the J, this is my first year as a JV coach. Oh god! And I and I, um, I was living in my brother's basement in Deep Haven, um, and I was working in I was working in arms or at at uh, at Robbinsdale, and um, yeah, Brown calls me up. Uh, this is before we texted each other. He calls me up, and then here's my here's my high school coach. And the guy who just brought me in to start working with him, and he opens with, where are you? Oh. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. I mean, I, I, I can't believe I got to, to Delano as fast as I did from Deep Haven that morning. And, um, but it was, again, the, the patience and the, the willingness to, to sort of bring me along. And, and then, like I said earlier, to, to create such a great hockey um, program and then be willing to, you know, entrust me to, to take, take the next step with it and, and be, you know, in, in, in the leadership position that we are. And, um, like I said, it's, it's been a lot of fun to see it, you know, come to life in a lot of ways with kids playing college hockey, kids playing junior hockey, 
um, a chance to go to a few state tournaments and, and so on. So you mentioned this, like you said, yeah, they weren't like me. Some of these guys weren't like me, but there were some guys that really have gone on to, to bigger and better things. There's the obvious ones, you know, like, like Heinen and, and, and Myers, but there's some other ones too, that have had some great stories. You, you told me before the show about a guy named Joe Blanchard. Tell us a little bit about Joe Blanchard and where he's today. Yeah. So uh, Blanche is a cool story. He graduated um, last year in 2019 and 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 the reason that I, I think his story is so cool is because it represents a lot of what we want to do in a, in a smaller community program where you know our kids are coming from our neighborhoods and and they're growing up being tigers but uh yeah Blanche, the cool thing about blanche's story is he never made an a team um he played squirt c and um he didn't he didn't see varsity time of any significance until his senior year um, he had a good senior year. He kept growing. Um, I, I actually remember having a conversation with him um, when I was an assistant coach and he was in Bantams. And I think it was his second year of Bantams, or maybe I just been head coach. I can't remember the timing, but um, I know he was thinking about quitting when he was on the B team as a second year Bantam. And, and who could blame him? Right. Um, really, it's not an easy thing. And a lot of your buddies are, are on the A team, especially when you're age group, when you're a second year Bantam. And I talked to him a little bit and I'd mentioned it to him. He goes, I don't remember you talking to me. So I didn't have much of an impact, but it's still part of the story. Um, but yeah, now he's playing and he played this year for, um, in the USPHL for, um, Tampa Bay. And, and, you know, he had a chance to play junior hockey, he had a chance to play in a state tournament last year. And, um, you know, you really hope that that guys can keep coming and that, you know, if they, if they play on a B team, that they've got a good coach who believes in them and helps them get better and that they just keep falling in love with the game. And then um, for a guy like Blanche and really our entire class of 2019, it was a really uh, a group that was, was unexpected and they each had different paths through, through hockey and school. Um, you know, but for Blanche to be able to, to do that was pretty cool. You know, we had a, before the 2019 season, so this would have been the fall of, 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 2018 i did something that like that we commonly do and i have the you know most of the senior class over for for dinner at our house and um you know my little guy herbie is you know terrorizing and you know pulling their hair and doing that whole bit and um you know my daughters are you know pretending to be shy and that they don't know who all the guys are but they know who all the guys are and and whatnot and um you know that group what they shared with me was they said you know every one of us was a jv player Every one yeah. of us played at least a full season. And the reason why is they were sophomores in 2007 to 17 team. They didn't have a chance. And we had, yeah. And we had, we had 13 seniors on that team. Um, you know, four of which, you know, went to play division one this year and there just wasn't a chance. And those guys had to humbly serve their team and grow through that process. Um, many of them didn't because we still had a, a pretty strong group in 2018, we had Jackson Helly, Taron Glasser, Justin Daly, just to name a few. Those three guys played in the Elite League. They all went on to play, um, you know, junior hockey, and, and a couple of them are looking to play college hockey next year. And and so those a lot of those guys kept waiting, and they played JV as juniors, and they had to be patient, and they had to be humble, and they had to keep working hard. Um, and and so that was one thing that was so special about that 19 team was. Um, you know, we probably have heard about or know about, you know, like Aaron Cruz puts up three shutouts in sections and, right. um, you know, we, we pulled off, you know, some, some really great wins and a nice winning streak at the end of the season and so on. But 
what's really cool is that the fabric is a lot deeper than that. Uh, that group, um, they recognized their path even as it was happening. And therefore, I think they appreciated it so much more. And it was, again, it was just, it was such a thrill to be a part of a team that, you know, started out really rough. And, and I think a lot of guys would have maybe written themselves off and folded it up, but not these guys because they'd been there before. They knew that the process was long and it wasn't going to be easy and they had to be patient and they had to be humble and they had to work. And then to, you know, pull off the game that we did against Orono to go to the state tournament and then the wild game that we played against Greenway. Um, we'll get to that one later. We'll get to that one later. All right. So you, it was just so cool. So you got uh, some more great players. Ben Myers, uh, who I've had a chance to interview, and also he worked at our camp last summer at the University of Minnesota. Uh, I mean, if, if there's a, uh, a a statue to be made outside of your rink, I think you're going to – he'd be one of the first guys you make a statue of. I mean, he's a hardworking, extremely talented, hardworking, great athlete, sacrificed a ton to, to – to help lead the school to its first state tournament and the most down to earth kid you'll ever meet in the world. Yeah, no, Benny doesn't like to talk about himself and um, he's God, what a hockey player he is. My goodness. I had a chance to, you know, see him in person a little bit this year. Um, you know, and, you know, got to a junior game or two and he was playing for Fargo and um, you know, just his continued growth uh, is remarkable. And um you know, this year with the Gophers and it's such a bummer that things got cut short for them. But, um, you know, that team, and you talk about a team getting better as the season goes on, they Another were one, right? exactly that. And, and I know Ben, it was a catalyst for a lot of that, um, as an individual, as a teammate. Um, and, and those things are really, really important. Benny was such a, such a dynamic skater and, and such a high end playmaker. Um, and what's been cool to see is, you know, at different stages of his career, but he's really, you know, his, his scoring has just surged. I mean, he was just remarkable with Fargo in terms of his, his yeah. scoring and, and, and over on the side on that power play where he, where he belongs shooting the puck uh, was so great. And like I said, Benny is um, such a great kid and, and a ton of connection too. I mean, his dad, uh, Steve works at Eden Prairie and has coached hockey forever. He was an assistant coach when I played in high school. Um, he coached Benny's group, you know, all the way up and taught him to be puck support guys, taught him to make plays, taught him to be creative, taught him to work together. Um, and, and, you know, it's no, it's no coincidence that how good that group was and, and how lucky I was to be able to, to be a part of their high school career. But then now to, to see, Ben and, and that group move on to high school or college hockey. So many of them. So Hull, great. Yeah. Hullinan and uh, Karen. I mean, that was a, just a, a real special group. Yeah. And, and Andrew Cruz, who, I mean, you know, you look yep. at, at, at Andrew Cruz in, in high school and um, you know, he's playing for air force now, but you know, Andrew was a defenseman who ended up 110 plus minus as a defenseman, 110. That's amazing. Uh, that's still, pretty. That's pretty impressive. Still, one of the best high school games, regular season games I've seen in a long time was when you guys traveled up, and I, I think it was in the uh, Marshall tournament, but it was pretty yeah. much the championship, even though it probably wasn't technically the championship. Was when you played Hermantown, and it was just a frenetic game. Uh, it reminded me of a state tournament type game. Yeah, I think it was. You know, it was. Um, we played in that tournament for a while. And we had been to other games with like say East Grand and Hermantown. And I remember we, you know, we came back to watch maybe a season prior or whatever else. And we'd say, God, where'd all these people come from? Cause I mean, there were people just 
hanging from the rafters at, at Mars. And, uh, you know, then we played, we, we played a, a crazy, crazy game against Cloquet in the first round. It actually went to three on three overtime. Really? So it was technically a tie. We played, we played something like 15 minutes of three on three full ice for the double overtime to decide who was going to go on to the next round. And we end up Johnny Karen and got one, I think we had a little two on one rush and Johnny popped it in and, and we moved on after again, fifth, you know, played the full eight minute overtime and then play the tournament style three on three for 15 minutes. And what a game that was, but um, yeah, playing that Hermantown game was just huge. And there's no doubt that, you know, whether it's Bruce or just Hermantown in general are just so iconic in class A hockey and really high school hockey overall, but especially for us and, you know, a game that we could have won and that we were close to, but I think it was. you guys had a lead and a crossbar. It would have put them away, right? I think yeah, that's I, how I it didn't goes, right? To, I, didn't, I wasn't going to bring it up. But yeah, we were, <laughs> I think we were up, I think we were up uh, three to one at one point. I know for sure we had a lead in the third. And and I hit a crossbar. Um, it would have, that would have ended yeah, it. That like sounds, four minutes left. It was like, that oh. That sounds about right. I remember. Um, I drove, th- the reason I remember this game, I drove three hours in a snowstorm to come to the one. <laughs> but it was one versus two, I believe. It had to have been one versus two. I'm like, I am yeah. not going to make Miss this hockey game, and I was definitely treated to an unbelievable game. I remember that well. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and and so many just outstanding, and many of the best hockey players in the state at that time were on the ice against each other. It was fun, and yeah, it was an absolute blast. So none of that happens, really. I mean, it all kind of starts. I know it probably started a little bit. I'm sure this T Brown laid the foundation for it all, but where some of the fruits of his labor started to pay off is 2010, 2011. Again, a really devastating section semifinal loss that year to Breck. But Tyler Heinen just kind of opens the eyes of the world to what's going to ha- potentially you're going to see in Delano hockey. Walk through that era. You're there. You know, you've, you've, been, to, you've been on the staff for five or six years at this point. You probably kind of started to see uh, some things coming into shape and, during that season. Absolutely. And Ty is, Ty was just such a, a great player. You know, you if know, you're going to make a statue, you gotta, he, he'd be one of them you'd make too, right? I mean, these, these guys are legends. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's so many great guys that have come through here and, and guys that just care so much about this program. And, you know, I guess lost in my conversation about Ben is, you know, the fact that he stayed and the fact that his buddies, you know, Brian Hallinan and Kieran and Cruz, they all stayed. Um, and they wanted to take that team to, to a state tournament, but yeah, Ty Hannon was, was just huge for our program. And it, and it happened at such a, an interesting time. And, and I hope I can, you know, sort of piece it all together because it was, um, it was so significant. So you've got, you know, Steve Brown who had been there now for, um, you know, about you know 15 years and had just kept chiseling away, chiseling away and developing this program and, and growing the hockey here um, and just doing things like improving the schedule and doing things like, um, you know, really developing guys throughout the year. Um, but what was so unique is that we needed a guy like Ty to, to break the mold. Um, and, you know, Ty as a player is, is probably still to this day, the best competitor I ever coached. And, you know, I, I see that still today and, and Adam Brown, Steve's middle son, who'll be a senior captain for us next year. Um, but AB grew up around the rink and he, you know, he's from the same neighborhood as, as Ty Woods Creek and they yep. played on the same outdoor rink and they shot pucks together and, and, and really AB was Ty's shadow for a, a long, long time. And heck, they even wear the same number now. And, um, you know, when Ty was in high school and, 
So, you know, those things, Ty was just so significant. He was such a competitor. He pushed his teammates so hard um, and such a prolific goal scorer. I mean, you know, he, play, he only played three seasons for us. He, he didn't come up early. He played two years of BAMs and ended up with 110 goals in his career, 191 points, uh, led the state in, in goals his senior year and was second behind a, a, a foreign exchange student from Mankato West that year. But um, overall, but what was so significant about Ty was the player that Ty was, he, he could score and he could play the game um, at, at, at every level. And so all of a sudden Delano had a kid at high performance that was, that was scoring goals. Yeah. Uh, we hadn't had much of that. All of a sudden we had a kid in the elite league that was, was like really belonged. Um, and we hadn't had that. And it sort of, it sort of opened the gate. And I've tried to explain this a little bit to Ty over the years, but it, it sort of made it okay yeah. for Delano guys to be there, to be a part of things. And it wasn't like anybody was keeping us out. I'm not saying it was political or anything. It just wasn't part of our culture. And we weren't a, we weren't in the high school hockey yet in that way, and so, you know, Ty made it okay for us to have a high performance kid. Ty made it okay to have an elite league kid, and at the same time, this group that we've talked a lot about the the seven the class of seventeen they were peewees, and there were a number of things happening, and it was sort of this perfect storm for us. So we got Ty Hainan, who's who's come onto the map, an all state caliber player. We've got a group of peewees that are really really good hockey players. Um, you know, the ADM model is starting to be widely accepted and things that a coach like Steve Myers was already doing to teach creativity, right. um, small area games and protecting the puck in tight areas and being creative, those things he had already been doing, but all of a sudden now it was, you know, sort of validation of like, we're doing it right. Steve, you know, coach Myers is doing it right. And then you mix in our transition for tiger hockey for Delano area youth hockey to move from district five to district three. And all of a sudden we're playing Osceola Maple Grove. We're playing Wyzetta. We're playing Orna. We're playing Mound. We're playing Armstrong Cooper all the time. And then as if that wasn't enough all at once, we've got really good leadership from a guy named John Reynolds, who's got two sons who played in our integral right now in our program. And, and we had people again, Steve Brown's a part of it, but we even had a guy like Tom Emmer and people know Tom Emmer as a politician. And, right you know, a, a, a good guy, but he was a hockey guy first. And, um, you know, he, he played college hockey, his kids played hockey, played college hockey. Um, and he was there. And I know that those conversations went of, uh, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We have to play Wyzetta. We have to play Osceola Maple Grove. Um, this, we're going to get killed. And we, we made the decision or the, I shouldn't say we, the decision was made that, you know what, we're going to keep pushing and we're going to have an 18 and, and we're not going to sweat losing a few games and we're going to get blown out, but you know what? We're going to get better and we're going to, we're going to catch them. Um, and that was one thing that was so cool about um, in 17, when we played Wyzetta and beat them over there, um, it was, was sort of this transition of um, they got slaughtered in peewees by Wyzetta when they played the PBAA team. Right. Um, and, and somehow we found a way and a lot of things change. And, and, and Pat's teams just always play so tough. We model a lot of things that we do after the way that Pat gets his teams to play. Um, but it was just this, this coming together. All these things were literally happening at the same time. You got Tyler Heenan and breaking the mold and putting us on the map. He's got a, a defensive, a defenseman, Nick Vattensdahl, who was a Bantam assistant coach, um, for sure. Top he went three to St. Defenseman. John's, right? Yep. Went to yep. St. John's right away. Didn't play junior hockey. Um, but he was a dynamic player and he and 
he and he and Ty, you know, were were running things. We had a great goaltender in Ryan Pianimi, um, who you know you know the name. That that's Garrett's Garrett Pianimi's older brother, and he went on to play at Superior a little bit. And then we're moving into District Three, and we've got leaders that are pushing our kids where hockey is number one, and 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 all these things coming together. And then you've got this peewee group of athletes that you know um, that that someday is going to yield at least four Division One hockey players. And what a great time um, for Tiger hockey to, to see all those things really come together. Like I said, basically in the course of 12 to 18 to 24 months, all those things happened. And it was just boom. All of a sudden we, we, we had just sort of a new way of doing things. And, and what a blast to see all that come together now when you look back on it. Now, what year were you – what year did Steve Brown step down at Delano and you, did you take the helm? My first season as head coach was 2014, 2015. And you – promptly lost two section finals in a row you know yes we did it's tough you're (laughs) back then i mean you had a i can't count how many times delano lost to a breck or a blake to end their season but yeah i can tell you we went eight straight uh to either breck or blake um between uh the 09 and the uh 2016 final and then um it was one or the other yeah, it was, yeah, it was one or the other. And, and that included, you know, you mentioned, but, you know, Ty and Vatsy's senior year, uh, we had a 3-1 lead in the third and ended up losing in overtime. Um, and it was very similar, you know, pucks off a post that could have gone the other way and, and all of a sudden. And that was just a semifinal, which is something that people often forget because it was such a remarkable game and we knew how significant it could have been uh, to be that close um, for us to beat Breck. And then um, even my first year, we, we went to double overtime um, with Breck in the, in the section final. Um, and, and two, part of the whole story is uh, that year we beat uh, Orno in the semis three to two. Um, Johnny Kiernan scored uh, in the third period to give us the lead. But that was the first time Delano and Orno had ever played a high school playoff game. Um, and again, so it really, it, it, yeah, which doesn't seem possible. Right. But, you know, for a long time we were double A. And yep. because we were the three schools combined and they weren't. And then, um, you know, for once we moved to class A, we were in section six with, with teams like, you know, Richfield and, and Faribault, you know, Faribault had the Helgeson kid back then. It was really, really good. And, um, you know, so, so once we moved into section two, we, we lost to St. Michael who was class A back then, which is hard to believe now. Right. Yeah. Uh, St. Michael was in our section when we moved to section two, that was 0708. And we lost in double overtime and uh, still give the Johnson guys a hard time because they're that, that post seemed to keep coming off about every 30 seconds. Right. And uh, we lost that one. And then we, yeah, we went on that eight, eight years in a row. Where we lost to Brecker Blake and, you know, a lot of quarterfinals, a lot of semifinals, you know, a final mixed in here and there, but uh, yeah, it, it became one of those things. And that's one thing that, you know, we've already talked a lot about the 17 group, but one thing that, that I don't know if they fully recognize or appreciate yet was when we beat Breck in the regular season that year. So it would have been in 17, you know, yep. Or it yep. would have been 16, but yeah, the 17 season, um, you know, we went over there and we beat them. I was at that um, one too. Like, that pretty was pretty popular team, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was a, it was a great game. It was early in the year, but it, it again, it sort of did that same thing like Ty Hainanen did. But for the team, we sort of broke the mold. And the, the, the feeling was that maybe Breck doesn't have that same hold. Like you think about the Yankees and the Twins, like the Yankees have got yeah. a significant hold on the Twins. And that was, 
that was what it felt like. Even to this day, we've only beat Breck four times, um, two times in that season and two times this season. But other than that, I mean, they're a team that's hard to beat and, and they're a team that's going to keep getting better um, over the next couple of years. And so, again, it's really fun. Those traditions are great. And, and if there's anybody that appreciates these kinds of things, it is our alumni group that have seen the other side of it. Right, right. Um, talk about your your involvement in the youth hockey program because I think this is where uh, you you're going to see some separation between uh, some of the uh, other Class A programs and Delano. You know, you're 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 rooted into this this uh, in, into the program, and not just because you have kids that are kind of starting on playing it. This is this is part of your passion. Yeah, it you know as we've discussed before, it's sort of all I know and. Um, and in many ways, I think that's a good thing, but yeah, being involved with the hockey development committee, uh, is really important to me and something that I think is really valuable and, and, and hopefully making smart decisions like, you know, a couple of those, a couple of those guys I mentioned that, that made decisions about how to become more competitive and, and hopefully having a chance to work with our youth coaches as much as possible. Uh, we've had a great opportunity over the last number of years to bring in, a lot of alumni coaches that um, sometimes are parents, but a lot of times are not and creating paid positions in our youth association. And when I say paid, I mean, they're getting some money, but it's not very much gas money. It, right? it, it's something and it it's covering hotels and it's hopefully covering gas money and whatever else. But um, to, to have that network of coaches to me is really fun. And, and to, to reconnect with guys that played and to hear their perspective on things and to be challenged by them. Um, and then having a chance to celebrate with them. And, you know, for example, you know, we, we, we pulled off a, a really, a really nice victory over a super good Armstrong team this year in the section final. And, and by the time we get off the ice, which takes a long time and it's just right. so fun to soak it in and, and, and for our guys to be enjoying every piece of it. And obviously a double overtime style victory probably keeps you on the ice even a little bit longer because um, you just don't know. And, and you really pretty appreciate special, it. Right? Yeah. Pretty special. Um, but we, we finally get into the hallway and who's waiting for us. It's, it's Anthony Reynolds, our Bantam coach and our, our, our ACE coordinator, our HDC coordinator. Um, it's Lance Reynolds, his brother. And I mentioned their dad, John, who was the president during that significant time. Well, these two guys are, are still coaching our Bantam and our Peewee team. Um, I had a chance to be their coach. Nick Vattensdahl's down there. Joey Jackson, who's a Bantam B coach for us, who I played with growing up is down there. Um, and it is just, I mean, I'm as excited to celebrate with them as anybody because right. it's them. It, it's what they did and, and, and their love and their commitment to doing it. Um, and, and you see guys like Lance and you see guys like Anthony who, like myself, weren't, weren't outstanding hockey players. And I'm sure they'll give me a hard time about this, but they weren't outstanding hockey players. But boy, did they love their team and boy, did they love to work and, and they want to get better every day and they want to keep learning every day. Um, and they want to be good coaches and they really, really care about their players and they get really good things. I mean, Lance is, has been our Bantam A coach for a number of years and moved to the PUA team this year. Um, that PUA nice team, team really good came, team came tearing out of districts and was came tearing out of regions with the one seed. And I think they were a team that really, really had a chance to win it all at the state tournament. And unfortunately they didn't get to compete in that, but no. um, you know, those those pieces for me are, are really, really fun to be a part of the youth association in that way. And, you know, we run a camp in the summer, you know, mites through high school and 
and we get, you know, we get a lot of kids out there working with us. We got a lot of, you know, whether it's alumni or current players that are helping out with dry land and, and so on. Um, but really, uh, for me, it's, it's something that, um, I want to be as involved as I possibly can be. And, um, I want to uh, grow as many good hockey players as possible, uh, because I, I really do believe that, um, a way for a program like ours to sustain, uh, the emphasis can't be, um, just on winning and the emphasis can't just be on your top couple of players. You, you've got to grow every kid and you want to make every kid better because whether it's a Joe Blanchard, um, right. example, um, or it's a Ben Myers example or everybody in between, um, eventually you want those guys to be, um, just the biggest fans of each other and the best teammates because, um, you will be, you will eventually be defined by your depth and your and your group and, and who your locker room is. And, and I think that's how you get there. So let's talk about uh, something that's fairly obvious to me. And if, if you know anything about uh, ethnic heritage, there's a lot of Finnish Americans living in the Delano area. Explain how that dynamic fits into your hockey team. Cause there's obviously a lot of good Finlanders that play in Finland now, but there's, it's just, it's crazy. You see the Hellenans, the Karenans, the Pianimis, the Cruz, Oja. I mean, this is a very Finnish uh, part of our uh, metro area. Yeah, it is. And we've got some just great families that, um, uh, you know, they just love hockey and, you know, there was a great article written by Matt Kane, who who writes for the Delano Herald Journal about uh, Carol and Jim Hallinan's family, and and they've got Brian playing Division One. Um, you know, we had Bruce on our high school team this year. We got Wes as a Bantam. You got Dan as a Peewee. Um, I think it's Lance that's a Squirt all the way on down. Um, but they had a kid at every level this year, and that's one Hallinan family. Jim's got two other brothers, John and Mike, in town, um, and. That's what they do. Um, their their family is number one to them, and, and hockey is a really, really, uh, a really, really big passion for each family. And they do so many things. Uh, a lot of these families, like I said, a lot of these really big families, it's um, you know getting kids to the rink um, is important. And I remember years ago, uh, Chet Hallinan, who was uh, Brian Hallinan's older brother. Uh, was was over at our place when we lived in Maple Plain and, and helping us get ready to sell it, fixing some things up. And my wife Lindsay got to talking to him and just you know being nice and making conversation. And, and she just said, you know was asking about the you know the family dynamics and 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 so on. And you know I I just remember you know Chet sharing things like the number of loaves of bread and the and the gallons of milk. And I just thought to myself, you know, we were preparing to have our first child and felt like we were starting to transition our mindset on, on caring for people and uh, how, how important family was and, and balancing finances and, and keeping all those things in place. And when you hear about, you know, the stories that Chet shared, um, it was just amazing. And you can just see um, how important their, their family is to them. And, um, you know, the great thing for us is that, you know, we've got a peewee um, who is out there and over Christmas break, he's competing with a division one hockey player. Yeah. And, and so we got a lot of kids that have developed a lot of skills on their backyard rinks. And what it's created, too, is I think, um, you know, those big families like the Cruz I mean, these family. These are huge families. I mean, these, are, these aren't like your family and mine where we were the youngest of five. I'm, Mark, I'm interviewing Mark Hollinan at, uh, before the state tournament. And he's like, uh, how, many, how many in your family? He's like, 12. I was like, 12? <laughs> I'm like, how old's the right. oldest? 27? I'm like, 
wow, this is a, a completely different level of big family. Yeah, and and it's great because they're they're so all in it together. Um, and like I said, you you know, you you got a chance for your a peewee to be working with a Division One hockey player over Christmas break, and what it's created too for us is you know whether it's you know Brian Hallinan's rink or Andrew Cruz, they've got a big rink, and there are people. I drive from my house to get to my parents' house in Rockford. I drive right by the cruise um, compound, as I often call it. They've right. got a couple sheds, and 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 Peter, their oldest son, started a company called Delano Bats, where he makes custom uh, wood bats, and has continued to grow his company. And so there's always people there. There are always people on the rink. They, you know, whether it's a team dinner or just a random, you know, Thursday afternoon, um, there are just a ton of kids playing hockey. And those big families have a lot of their own kids, but those big families have a lot of friends. And so. You know, I know that Ben Meyer spent a ton of time on the cruise rink. Um, and I know, too, that they went over to Benny's house and played in the backyard. And, um, you know, we've got uh, uh, Abby Holeska, who just is wrapping up at Bemidji State, who uh, had a great career playing hockey for them. Well, she was neighbors with Benny. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it's any any uh, coincidence that the two best hockey players, boy and girl, that came from Delano happened to live right next door to each other. Oh, that's crazy. Um, and so that's just so much of this community piece that we have. Um, you know, we've even in my neighborhood, uh, one of the guys does a great rink down on the little pond and he's got lights strung up over top and boards and now a little warming tent. And, you know, if I'm coming home from practice at 630 or I'm going back to 8U practice at 8, 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, there's somebody on that rink, um, hockey player or not. Um, and it, it's just so much of that community. And I think our I think our Finn families really represent that community. Um, They're so kind truly. of a little bit the, the heart and soul of your, your hockey program are, are these Finn families. Well, yeah. I mean, it's you look at our roster over the last number of years, and you know we've had years where you know these families we're talking about are, are making up a, a, the lion's share. Like a percentage, um, right? Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, this year alone we had four Hollandans on the high school team. Um, so Varsity Craig and Mark. And JV, are, right? Yep, yep, yep. Craig and Mark are brothers. Um, they both played D um, for varsity, and and Craig played some JV, and then um, we had Bruce who was playing varsity all year, played a little bit of JV here and there, and then um, Carl, and so that's the three dads, um, you know, who I already mentioned, Mike, Jim, and John, those three dads and, and their kids, and we had four. I mean, my wife does the photography for for our team, yep, and. I said, Hollins, you guys got to get a picture together. And they said, what? And I'm like, come on, there's four of you. Like you're, I'm like, your parents are going to be upset with me if I don't get a cousin picture. <laughs> yeah. And they laughed and then, you know, and it is, it's so, I mean, how cool is that? I grew up with five kids and I never had a chance to be on a team with any of them. No, but I know, I mean, some of my fondest memories of the game and of our family were down on the rink. Um, you know, and I, I mentioned my mom earlier, I'll never forget this story. We've got a great picture of it, but we lived on a farm. This is, this is really diving into the, the Van Bergen history. We lived on the farm, and somehow my mom found a dead rat. And my mom's not afraid of anything. And she put this dead rat in a bucket and hid it somewhere in the barn. And it was like probably Thanksgiving or something, and all the siblings were home. And so the five of us are there, and a couple of them are married. I'm the youngest. And we have a picture, and my dad's out skating with us too. And my mom comes down, and she said, I thought this was called rink rat hockey, you know, and, and you know a bunch of rink rats and uh-huh. i'm sure one of my brothers said well yeah it is you know and here's my mom takes this rat and chucks it out on the ice and <laughs> we literally have a dead rat because my mom 
who was so enthralled that all the kids were home playing, um, <laughs> had, had thought this crazy idea up. And if you ever meet my mom, you'll know that um, she's just a, the, the most dynamic, interesting person you'll probably ever meet with more interests and knowledge about the most unusual things. Uh, but yeah, that was that was what she wanted. That was her big joke. Was that she thought gonna, that was pretty fun? Did you guys think it was that, funny? Oh, we thought it was hilarious because it was you know we got the joke and you know whether it's the rink rat T-shirts or whatever else, everybody knows the phrase. But it was uh, again back to the community thing and and for me, what makes it so special is that you know just appreciating um, the process and appreciating that all the people that go unnoticed um, and grow in a program. Yeah. All right. So I got a couple more topics here before we wrap it up here. Um, state tournament losses. You have had three of the craziest losses uh, in your process here. Uh, you lose to uh, Mammal, uh, Monticello, uh, Annandale, Maple, Maple Lake. They end up going on to a, a pretty storied uh, state tournament. And then in 19, you lose to Greenway, uh, and they take second. And then this year, you have a lead on Matamidi. They come back and beat you in the third late, and they win the state championship. Do you have, do you take pride in that, or is this something that kind of like the Blake Breck losses from the from the earlier in this conversation is something to kind of build on? Well, no, I mean, no doubt you want to keep building on it, and and I think that uh, you know we've had a chance, you know, things with two in a row, two trips in a row, you, you do get a chance for guys to to grow that experience, and experience is such a great teacher and. Um, you know, it's been a teacher for us as coaches and we want to, we want to get better. And it, it's, it's tough. Uh, no doubt. I mean, you know, both those games, Greenway and, and Matamida in both games, we had, we had a two goal lead at one point in the game. Um, and, you know, we thought our guys played extremely hard and competed super hard in both games. And, uh, you know, just looking at those, especially those last two games, but even, even if you mix in, you know, the, I mean, everybody loves an upset. Right. Right. Um, and so, you know, with our 17 team coming in and, you know, the only reason we didn't get the one C is because Hermantown beat us. Like we just talked about yeah. during the season. Um, but otherwise I think we would have been the one seed had we not played them. And, uh, you know, you look at those games from, from what hockey really represents and, and competing and, and making big plays and, and guys just sacrificing everything to win. Um, they've been really good hockey games and it's been really hard, you know, no doubt to come out on the short end of all three of them. Um, it, you know, it can't for a second be lost on us. The fact that getting to the state tournament is so significant and, and I don't think that's lost on anybody. Um, it's such a great accomplishment and such a great experience. And I've been so proud of, of our teams because in, in all three situations we have gone on to win the consolation side. Right. And so we've had a chance to win, you know, two games in a row to end our season uh, with a win and to play 31 games, which is the maximum we can play. And those are some goals that we set out for our team. But, um, yeah, it's been tough. And, and like I said, but but really, really good hockey games. I mean, that Matamida game this year was oh, man. was so good. And we came out flying, and, and we did some things really well. And we had, you know, we struggled a little bit in the second. Um, you know, and people will talk about the shots on goal and so on, which, you know, tells part of the story. But we weren't great in the second. And, you know, we got better in the third and, you know, I mean, how many times did we have the puck sitting in their crease and just could <laughs> not get it to go or the one that, you know, Jack Kiernan brought, took it basically end to end and drags it across and it flips up in the air and it looks like it's going in and it's like it stopped midair. And you know what it reminded me of was the same play that Ben Myers had had against Monticello. And actually somehow we got a review on it Yes, um, because it was in, 
uh, in the glove of the goalie, and it looked like it may have gone over the line. Uh, I was of, right there, and I my 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 camera says it's in the net, but you know, yeah, the most important you know, camera is the one that's overhead, and and right. the referees just, just didn't think it was a goal. Right, and so you know those things, and and our guys, and you know, the uh, the Greenway game was just. I mean, it's as good as high school hockey can get. I mean, you've got two two communities there um, who have worked very hard to get there. Um, they aren't a team that just waltzes their way through. You know, Greenway knocks off Hermantown in yeah. one of the greatest high school section games ever. And 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 we had gotten by Orno, who was a huge rival for us. And, and state, now we're state, there, right? Defending state champ. And then they had some unbelievable success. I mean, that was a big yeah. win for your program. Yeah, it was just, I mean, what a blast. And and we did it in, in sort of an unconventional way to get there. So those games were so great. And, and like you said, it's it's hard it's hard to not get a chance to play a second game and a third game in St. Paul and, and to, to move over to the other side. And, and the turnaround is super tough um, to play the next day, especially that four or five game. You know, we, didn't, we don't get back till well after midnight, and then you're back on the bus early to get over to Mariucci. Um, but... You know, I, I've been so proud of the guys and how they've handled it. Um, and even even that 17 game, you know, we, we had a goal disallowed. It was the first game, I think, ever um, with offsides review right. for a state high school league game. And, and it was the first goal scored. And it came back. And it was – it could not have been closer. Um, right. And it, that was really tough, you know. And, and But our guys were super resilient and um, – you know, the bench, they didn't, they didn't turn on each other. They just kept supporting each other. And in the locker room, they, you know, we, we talked about, in, in all those games, talked about continuing to push, continuing to press, doing it for each other and playing our game. And, um, you know, you, you don't <laughs> – we haven't played a bad team yet in the opening no. round. No. And, and it isn't like we've, you know, we've had a situation where all of a sudden we turn around and say, oh my gosh, how did we have – you know, in terms of how we played, how could we have had such a letdown at that time of the year? Um, you know, but uh, it, it is how it goes. And um, you just, you, to your point, you just keep pushing for the opportunity to get back. And that's one thing that's that's fun about, you know, guys like Jack Kieran and, and, and Adam Brown, who have already played in two state tournaments. Uh, their motivation to get back um, doesn't lack in, in any way. And um, they've got a lot of buddies who, who are right there with them, um, who are really good hockey players. We have some young guys who know now what it feels like. And so, you know, it, it, no doubt the goal is to get back and, and to hopefully, you know, right some wrongs from, from the past. All right. Uh, last couple of questions. I want to talk about the state tournament. Um, if there could be one thing uh, that you'd want to change in the current setup with the state tournament, what would you change? What I'd like to see is for, for the boys tournament to have the consolation side um, held at Tria and St. Paul, I think that would be a great opportunity to keep the tournament all in St. Paul. Um, there's no doubt that a big part of the, of the draw of, of the state tournament is going to St. Paul. We made it to St. Paul and trek to the X and those kinds of things. That's part of the fun for our kids and for our communities. Do you spend the um, night? Does your team spend the night there? We, we've done it a, a different, a little bit. Uh, we did it different the first year. We stayed more, um, and we, and then the, the second and third trips, we stayed less where we only actually stayed over Friday night. Um, but you know that you sort of have to prepare for a, a long ways in advance. I know Lee 
talked about that, you know, last week, you know, yeah. you, there's a lot of preparation and, and, you know, organizing an itinerary and booking those hotels and, um, and getting all those things organized and, you know, and, and our parents trust us with their kids, you know, throughout those days. And, you know, we, we want full control of them for just about every second of every day during that time. And, um, so yeah, I, I think having the consolation at Trio would be huge. I know the girls have gone to that. I, I guess I haven't, you know, asked any questions about how it's gone, good or bad, but I, I think that would be a better venue because of location. Um, the uh, the she device is the same size as almost everybody plays on now, um, and the size of the venue is more appropriate for that. And I would hope that that somebody who you know, there's so many people that go down to St. Paul for the week and they just watch right. as much hockey as possible. Well, if you could maybe stagger a couple of those, because um, there are some, I mean, this year Andover ends up there. Um, you know, I mean, who doesn't want to watch that Andover team play? I know. Everybody, you know, and and they had a tough first round. It, it's how it goes. I mean, that's the nature of a tournament. Um, and so, but if you had a chance to, you know, you watch a game at the X, you walk down the street, you stop in and grab a burger or sandwich somewhere, and you keep on going, and you get to catch another game at Tria, and then you can walk your way back. Um, I just think that would be great. and I think the so, visual would be kind of cool to watch kids come out of the hotel with the bag over their shoulder as they walk to Tria from the hotel. Now, that would be cool. Yeah, I, I think that would be great. And I know that logistically from the coach perspective, it would be much, much easier to not be trying to make that trip um, or to Mariucci. It's not to say it's a super long drive, but no, you know, just the nature of do we need a bus? Do we not need a bus? Do we need a trailer? Do we not need a trailer? Our parents are bringing us a post-game meal. Where are they going? How do you get there? I just think a lot of those things would smooth out if it was all essentially in one location. And I, agree. Um, I know, I know you didn't ask, but I'll throw it out there. You know, I, I'm really curious about, you know, potentially a little bit of a shuffle up of how, how section playoffs are done. Um, really? You know, I, how, how do yeah, you see I, that? Well, I just think Minnesota hockey has got a really cool model between, you know, the districts, the regions and the state tournament. And I appreciate that the state high school league wants to have teams from all over the state there. And, and, and truthfully, like a, a year like this, like, I think we did pretty good. I think we had a lot of the best class A teams there. I think we had a lot of the best double A teams there. Sure. But, nice to have East Grand Forks or though, don't you think? Sure. Maybe an East Grand or, you know, I'll, I'll you know, for my buddy, Ricky, um, at Rosemont, I, I think that team was good enough to play at the state tournament. Yeah. Um, and what's hard is that, you know, we've talked about some of these games that, that our teams have not won. Um, at the state quarterfinals, well, I, that happens to teams as well at sections where it's a game that probably could have gone either way, and all of a sudden, in just a flash, it's over. And I think about what I like about the Minnesota youth hockey model for playoffs is the double elimination and right. the fact that you that you get to move on to the next round. And when your team loses a game, that it becomes that learning process. Now you, you've had to deal with this. You have to deal with the frustration of losing. But you know what? You get a chance to come back and do it better the next night. And you get to go to battle one more time with your team. And you get to extend that season a little bit more. Uh, I just think it would be really cool. I mean, you, you take a look. Let, let's talk about the Benilde game yeah. um, this year. And, you know, that defenseman has to make a decision on what to do um, against Blake. And what, what do I do? <laughs> do I let him go in and have the breakaway? Or do I, do I pull him down and risk a penalty shot? He made the decision. He made probably the right decision. And now the whole season comes down to that one penalty shot. I think the ref made the right call. I think it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, but what if? What if those teams had a chance to see each other four days later because Benilde knocked off somebody else 
and got yeah. back to him. I mean, just think of those games. And I think you could create uh, these venues, you know, wh- whether you're up at the Ralph or you're, you're down in Mankato or you're, um, you know, maybe it is still Mariucci or maybe it's Ritter. Um, but you all of a sudden you get sort of these, you know, what we call now region games to get yeah. the state for youth hockey. What if we had these regions for high school? I think the place would just be electric. And I think it would almost start to cause a little bit of the state tournament excitement to actually spill out earlier and yeah. start to get into that region. I just think it could be super cool. Well, I definitely like the uh, the Minnesota hockey model better. It, it seems more fair. It seems like you get the right eight teams in the state tournament. There's no arguing. You know, it's like, oh yeah, we lost on a fluky goal and we didn't go to state. Well, well, how'd you do in the back door? Well, we we sucked. Well, well, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> then you're done. You know, you, you got right. a shot at the. I like the double elimination. It's so funny. My wife, uh, I think it was you this year, or last year, we were talking about some team, whether friend of a friend like uh, they lost it was a high school you know boys high school team well do they get a are they in, in the back door then i'm like uh no no back door high school she goes well that's dumb i'm like well right. I, well don't make i don't make the rules and they've never had it that way well they did actually until 75 they had a kind of a northern back door teams could get in and they oh is that right yes they, they there was a northern back door so if you lost in the section finally you go play another team and, and the winner of that hmm. team would go to state yeah it was yeah that was all changed when they brought in i think it was all changed the same year the public schools or the private schools came into the high school league for the high got school it. state tournament so it all got a kind of evened out that year it was kind of a big change big turning point in the uh high school hockey realm back then so no oh, i'm sure yeah, well, what I'm sure. would you what would you keep what do you like about the state tournament you know. Oh, well, I mean, the, the buildup in the venue is just amazing. Uh, they treat you so well. And the excitement, the excitement of playing there, it is, uh, it's like nothing that our guys have ever experienced. Um, so those things, I mean, there's so little that I want to, that I really want to change um, because I think it's just so great. And, and I'm a big believer in, in the two class system. Um, you so know, that there's, there's, there certainly are, are times and arguments for, for one class. Um, I, I certainly hope that we don't go to three because I don't think that's the right way to go um, based upon the number of teams that we have. I think it would, would be too many teams and the sections would get too small and it would start to become really unbalanced. Um, you know, we do have some bigger sections in Class A that get to, you know, like ours, nine or, or, or 10 or 11 teams. But I, I do think that's okay um, as far as that part. And, you know, I think it's great. You know, one thing that that's so special is that whether you're in the A tournament or you're in the double A tournament, um, when you're in it as a participant, you really don't see much of the other side, or at least I haven't. No. Um, you know, for example, I separate I sessions. They're all sessions are different. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of times different days. Now, I will say that maybe I would have a different feeling if we were playing a semifinal on Friday morning. And maybe we'd cross paths more with, with some of the double A and maybe the same would be true on Saturday morning. So I, I do have to say that my experience has been, you know, on that same path where, where we don't win our first game. But, you know, there even a situation like, you know, I was texting with John Ammerman of at Moorhead, um, you know, leading up to it and said, oh, you know, I'll hopefully catch up with you next week. Well, I, I never saw him. I never saw him in the tournament. Um, you know, I, I saw Mark Manny at Andover, you know, one time Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, at Mariucci. And so one thing that I think, you know, is really cool is that the state high school league, from my perspective, 
um, and the Excel Energy Center and all the people that work to just put on the coolest event for our kids is um, your tournament is your tournament. And that's really, really special. And uh, that that's one thing that I think is maybe a little bit harder to see from the outside, but man, is it, it is just so cool to be there and, and to be in that moment. Um, and to know all those things, you know, all those kids go and watch when they're little to know that now they get to be a part of it is, is really, really special. Well, it's been great spending time with you here today, Garrett. I appreciate your time uh, here, kind of going through your hockey career, both as a player and a coach. And what my biggest takeaway out of this whole uh, hour and a quarter has been the building of a hockey community and a real hockey school and a hockey town. And uh, and a credit to you and Steve Brown for what you guys have done. And it's been pretty special to watch. Well, I do appreciate you saying that and, and promoting our guys and, and promoting our program. And, you know, it is, it, it's, um, as far as building it, it's no doubt it's the guys that, that have come through and we've just been so blessed to have so many great young men play for us and that want to be great. And, um, you know, I'm sure Steve would say the same thing is it's, it's easy to put in the time, um, when, when the guys love it so much and, and such a credit to them for, for putting the putting in the work and the effort and the time it's just a it's really a, a gift to to have a chance to coach kids like that and um again i appreciate your support of, of our program and 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 putting us on well we'll see you around the rink hopefully sooner than later right yeah exactly we i'd love to to know for sure that we're going to have our summer camp and, and get a chance to be back on the ice with our guys that'd be great garrett van bergen delano boys high school hockey coach